on, everybody, lift up those hands. Come on, open up your mouth to the Lord right now. Come on, His presence is here. Why don't you just entertain it for a moment? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise be the name of the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord. be the name of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. If we can open up our Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 5. Such an honor and privilege to be here in the presence of the Lord with each and every one of you. So thankful for the presence of God that I feel here appreciate so much the apostolic leadership of your pastor David Wright and his wife and your bishop and bishop's wife. Aren't you thankful for the apostolic leadership that God here has placed here? And uh, we have been fleeing from hurricanes, amen. So we were We've been refugees for the last two weeks, praise the Lord. I was supposed to leave Saturday night, last Saturday, um, to Wisconsin, but because of the hurricane, I had to leave early on a Wednesday night, and uh, on a Wednesday morning, rather. So we were in Wisconsin uh, since last Wednesday, then we came here early. I was supposed to go home Monday, but hurricanes still lingering people on the way back and and so i haven't been home amen so just here by faith praise the lord amen and uh so thankful that the lord protected our home and everything but we had the most important thing with us that was my family and our documents amen amen got had my passport got everything hallelujah give my social security number everything appreciate my beautiful wife and my son here with me. Amen. And uh, she travels with me like 90% of everywhere we go. And uh, anytime my schedule gets too intense, you know, she gets some rest. But you guys are blessed that she's here with me because whenever my son's 19 months, whenever she had my son, uh, she rested off the evangelistic field for like a month while she was recovering from birth. And I was just traveling by myself for a month. Man, have I, did I discover the grace of God? I showed up to the pulpit. My whole suit was wrinkled. I had the wrong shirt on, missing belt loops. I got to the pulpit looking like I was homeless. Amen. And I was like, I can explain this, everybody. Amen. Just... Like, is that Brother Jackson? Like, what's going on, you know? And so she keeps me in line, and I'm grateful for that. Why don't we open up our Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 9. 
This isn't really a message that you start off a revival with, but I believe it's crucial for us to get the concepts presented in this text so there can be fruit from this revival. Not just fruit, but remaining fruit. And uh, we can grasp this concept that I strive to present to you here tonight. I know it will be a blessing to you. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 9, if you have it, say amen. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Perfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather then, when he saith to thee, Wash and be clean? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. I want to preach on this subject tonight. Saturate me. Saturate me. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask the Lord to have his way in this place. Lord, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you that you work all things together well. Lord, you've orchestrated this moment. I thank you for the musicians. I thank you for the singers. All the ministry represented. All the elders. All the young people. God, we've come here to get alone with you, Jesus. We've come to have an encounter with you. And you must increase as we decrease. And you are the vine and we are the branches. And we ask you to bless your people now. I submit my will to your will i submit my thoughts to your thoughts i trust you completely have your way in this place in jesus name amen can you clap your hands unto the lord for those of you that are excited why don't you clap your hands a little louder If you have expectation, why don't you lift up your voice with it for a moment? Come on, the Bible says, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's, it's a Thursday night. We might as well jump in. Praise be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I want God to saturate me. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
praise God. Everybody settled? It was John the Baptist that was tasked with the responsibility and the destiny to prepare the way for the Messiah. It was on John to preach, teach with unction, with power, to make the crooked path straight for the Messiah to come behind him. And John, the Bible says, he did not one single miracle. Yet all of Jerusalem came out of the city into the wilderness to hear this man preach. Didn't work a miracle. All he had was a voice. And with that voice, it reached into the heart of Israel and drew them to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. And they came into the wilderness, no air condition. And they sat on the hot sand to hear this man bring the word of God. They did not look at the comfort of their environment. They wanted to hear, what is God saying in this hour? And I'll stay here as long as I've got to stay. And I'll go through as whatever I've got to go through. Just tell me what God is saying to us. And they came into the wilderness to hear this man of God preach. And as he preached, he said, there stands one among you whom you know not. And it's he that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's preparing the way for a Messiah, watch this, that he doesn't know how he's going to look. He does not know how the Messiah is going to look. He does not know the texture of his skin, the color of his eyes. He knows nothing of his physical features. All he knows is the Messiah's uh, assignment. Uh, and he knows what the Messiah will do, but he doesn't know who the Messiah is or how he looks. John chapter 1 and verse 31, it shows us the clue that God gave to John to let him know who was the chosen one. John chapter 1 and verse 31, it says, And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water... The same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. He said, I don't know 
what the chosen one is going to look like. I don't know the physical features of the person that is, that is chosen, but the spirit gave me a clue to tell me who would be the one that comes out of mediocrity. He said it would be the one at whom the spirit descends upon and whom the spirit remains upon. He said the one that is saturated with the spirit is the one that God separates out of obscurity and out of mediocrity and anoints them for a call and for a destiny. And here's what happens. See, the spirit descends upon many, but it remains upon few. The Spirit descends every youth revival, every Sunday, every midweek. But you see, changes don't happen until you make an abode at home for the dove to abide. Spirit descends and you wonder why you're still battling in your family. I'm preaching to somebody now. The Spirit descends on Sunday, but Tuesday it looks like you've never been in church because you've had behaviors that do not align with the Spirit. And the Spirit got all over you on a midweek Bible study and on a Sunday. But then you got home and you had behaviors that were not conducive to the dove making it abode with you you've got to have a prayer closet at home that where the dove can abide you've got to have a worship when you get home so the spirit can remain oh I wish somebody would clap their hands in this place here tonight hey man he said the one that's saturated, the one that has made an environment at home, not just at church. Come on now. We're in the same miracle services, but I noticed that others, some grow faster than others. Come on now. You see, and some of y'all get jealous. Come on now. How is he getting promoted? Well, he created an environment at home that went beyond just being at church. Come on now. I'm glad for a supernatural experience at church, but I want to know, has he remained on you? Has he got into your family? Has he got into how you operate at school? Has he got into how you operate on your job? Is there a dove? I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the spirit lifting off of me. I'm tired of going home and by Wednesday it looks like God never gave me a promise on Sunday. Looks like God never gave me a destiny on Sunday. Sunday I got a powerful move of God. But on Wednesday I'm questioning if it's even real. Because it's up to God if he descends. But it's up to you if he remains. You've got to have a prayer closet and do some behavior gotta get saturated with this spirit and God says those that get saturated I put my mark on where everybody witnesses oh this is just beyond the church thing for them this is a life thing 
they live this. Because Joseph, his brothers, the father, Joseph's brothers hated Joseph before he got his coat of many colors. The Bible says that they hated him because the father loved him. And when the father loves you, you just start dressing different. You start walking different. You start talking different. Come on now. He learned, he came into an environment with the father. A relationship with the father. Where the father says, I got to let everybody know that you're mine. I feel like, well, hallelujah. Hello, everybody. My name is Victor Jackson. Amen. I got off to a rough start here tonight. Praise the Lord. But I'm helping somebody here. Glad we got acquainted now. Hallelujah. Why are you walking like that? Why are you not hanging with the same crowd? Well, there is a dove that I'm carrying with me. And I, I don't want anything to make it fly away. So I'm watching where I walk. I'm watching what I say. I'm watching what I do. Because I want his spirit to remain on me. He said, the one that gets saturated, the one to whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining upon, is the one that I've chosen with an incredible destiny. And in the text that I read to you, you see Naaman, who was a great man. The Bible says that he was an honorable man. The Bible says that he was a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. He had all the accolades. He's a great man. He has all of these things that would make him superior to everybody. But the Bible just cut to the chase and says, but he was a leper. And Naaman, he has a need and he's desperate to get this need uh, met by somebody. And he hears uh, from a servant girl. A servant girl says, see, I know that you got leprosy, Naaman. Uh, but she said, there is a man of God in Samaria uh, that has a word for you uh, that will change that leprosy. Aren't you thankful uh, that God sent a man of God to this city uh, that could give you a word from God? Uh, that can reach into your spirit come on somebody aren't you thankful for a pastor and a bishop that can give you the word that'll get into your spirit and change the leprosy Hey man, she said, there's a man of God and once you hear this word, uh, that word will get into your spirit and it'll cleanse you of that leprosy. Uh, and the Bible says when Naaman heard it, he departed. 
departed and he took 10 talents of silver. He took 6,000 pieces of gold and he took 10 changes of raiment. And in verse 9, if you can put it up there for me. Verse 9, the Bible says, so Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Now this is interesting to me. This man has a need. This man has a problem. And he's desperate to receive answers to his problem. And he shows up to the door. Does it knock? He arrives and says, I'm here. I deserve my healing. Look how much money I got. Look, look at my clothes. Don't you see I'm looking mighty nice. I deserve my calling. I deserve my ministry. I deserve my anointing. And comes up to his house looking all pretty. And if he was a, if he was a girl, he, he would have the bobby pins in just right. Uh, I need a miracle, but, but don't expect me to clap my hands. I, I need a miracle, but don't expect me to worship. I need a miracle, but don't, don't expect me to run around like those crazy folks. That's, that's for the new convert, but it's not for me. Well, you'll sit there and die in your leprosy. But for those that want something from God, you've got to learn to get beyond your flesh and do something that you've never God, if you need me to run, I'll run around this place. If you need me to shout, I'll go ahead and shout. If you need me to dance, I'll go ahead and dance. I'll do what I gotta do to get what I never got. Huh. He came into the church strutting his stuff ah y'all should be happy that i even came here today with all the talent i have i could be a blessing to this church with all the anointing come on i'm preaching to somebody now but i don't need to clap victor jackson i graduated from the blood i graduated from forgiveness that's for those that only been in church for two years but i've been in this for 10 years already and i don't need to get radical like that well how far is that gonna get you it's not gonna get you far because god is looking for somebody that'll do whatever it takes to become i wish somebody would clap their hands in this place i wish somebody would lift up their voice in this place i wish somebody would get radical for a moment and say i'll do whatever i gotta do I'm not too prideful to be blessed. I'll humble myself and do what I got. Halamoshaya. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. 
I'm waiting for somebody to get on board here. You've, if you come here to analyze everything, you've already missed it. If you've got the anointing of analytics, we don't need that here. We need you to get involved with what's happening. If everybody else is shouting, why aren't you shouting? If everybody else is worshiping, why aren't you worshiping? You've got to do what it takes. come on somebody how far is your intellect got you it didn't get you far how far has your smartness got you it didn't get you far but any time God moved in your life it's when you stepped out of the flesh and say you know what I'll roll on the floor if I gotta roll I'll look like a fool if I got to but I'm gonna healed and I'm gonna get my miracle and my kids are coming back and the backsliders are coming home and I'm gonna have revival and you can judge me if you want to but judge me while I'm getting everything that God has prophesied If you want to run, run. If you want to shout, shout. If you want to dance, dance. Get involved. Hala Moshaya. Hala Makaya. Come on. You worry too much about what the person next to you is going to think. You say, Brother Jackson, I don't want to worship like that. I'm afraid that they're going to know that I'm going through something. Well, let them know that you're going through something. But as long as you get what God prophesied that you would get, let them talk if they want to talk. Let but get your healing while you can
Ah. Ah. He comes to the door of the house of Elisha. If there was any other service, I'd just let this thing go. But I have a feeling in my spirit that you've had hundreds of services where it blows up. The Lord has sent me on an assignment for it to not just blow up here. But for it to just start blowing up in your workplace and it starts blowing up in your school and it starts blowing up come on somebody where you're going through family problems but when you walk through the door all of a sudden the Holy Ghost just comes in and it just solves every matter because you have walked with this comes to the door of the house of Elisha and in verse 10, as Naaman comes with this expectation, not for God to do something, but an expectation that God must because of my prestige, of what I've done, how faithful I've been. God has to because look at my credentials. And it comes with that mindset. And in verse 10, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him and said, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Elisha's response to his dilemma, to his problem was this. Go and wash in Jordan seven times. Go and get saturated. You want the answer to the temptation that you're dealing with? Go and get saturated. You want an answer to the problems in the home, the problems on your school, the problems in your job, the problems in your marriage? Go, go and get saturated. And, and as humans, we like to make it more technical. And it has to be more difficult than that. The prophet just said, get saturated. Get in the spirit. And that's where you'll find your answer. Go and get saturated in the water. And your flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Go and wash. Go and get saturated. And in verse 11 it says, But Naaman was angry. 
The preacher gave them the answer to his problems, but he didn't like the answer. Some of y'all mad at me right now. Well, I wish I wish he just preached something to where I am. I'm telling you where you are. Any answer that you need is going to come out of the spirit. It's not going to come out of the flesh or human ingenuity. You want your answer? Just get into the spirit until you receive your answer. Yeah. So he's angry. And went away and said, behold, I thought, too too many people are bound by preconceived ideas about God. Well, why do I have to worship him? Well, well, you never asked why you got to clap your hands, why you got to shout while you're watching the football game. I never saw somebody watching the game saying, why are we doing this? Wow, this is very awkward. Why am I jumping watching this game? What's come over me? And some people come to church and be like, well, Brother Jackson, I'm I'm not emotional. Really? It's interesting that those same people that say they're not emotional, they'll be sitting at a f- in front of a, t- uh, help me, Holy Ghost, <laughs> watching their favorite sports game, and they score a basket, they score a goal, they score a touchdown, and it's, oh, my, wow. Did you see it? Did you see it? And those same people at church are like this. Like say, oh, this is a long service. Well, 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 if it's a long service, why do you rejoice when your game goes into triple overtime? If you learn how to channel your emotions to the spirit, how you channel it to a game, you would get answers to your problem. I've never seen somebody watching an overtime game. You got work at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's 12 o'clock at night. They're in the third overtime. Here you are. But at church, you're like this. Come on, somebody. If you only learn how to channel your emotions and channel your desires, not to the flesh or the world, but channel it into the spirit, you'd get more answers than you realize. I'm in trouble now, praise the Lord. Amen. And you may be seated. And you say, well, Brother Jackson, I don't really watch games like that. I don't channel my emotions that way. I know because when you don't do sports games or you don't do hobbies, look what you do. You channel your emotions to people. And there'll be an on-fire altar call, on-fire move of God. And guess what? Everybody's broke through, right? And here you are waiting at the end of service. 
I need to talk to you. I need, I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Come on, let me talk to you. Let me tell you what, I, what I'm going through. And watch this. They start talking to somebody, opening up. Watch this. Tears start coming down their eyes. In the whole service, they didn't cry a tear. And their answer was all in this altar call, but they didn't like that. Because they're accustomed to using their emotions, venting to people. Instead of staying in this altar to talk to God. Can I tell you, God can do in a second what 10,000 sermons cannot do. What 10,000 counseling sessions cannot do, the Spirit can do in a moment. Uh, and if you realize that, you will tap into His presence. Somebody shout, Yes! You may be seated. He's angry. He said, Behold, I thought. He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. He said, I thought that he would say, Naaman, come forth. Please come on the platform. Everyone look around. This is a great man here. He's great. He's an honorable, mighty man of valor. Everyone look upon Naaman. But instead, Elijah said, tell him to go wash. Does he know who I am? Yeah, go wash. And he went away, the Bible says, in a rage. He'd rather be a leper in pride than to be healed in humility. He'd rather call the shots and die of leprosy than to submit himself to the word. Look what he says all of a sudden he got, he's got a degree in rivers. That's what happens when we tell you something you don't like, all of a sudden you got, you looked on Google and got all the answers. Well, you know, when you think about it, you know, when you. He says, um, are not Abana and Prefar um, rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? So may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near. I could just see the servant just kind of creeping up. Speaking of them saying, my, my father. It, it, I, I, if, if the if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather when he saith unto thee, "Wash and be clean"? If the preacher would have asked, "You want to be healed? Come, 
Come and take the mic and testify. All of a sudden. But because you're not on display, it's this. I'm in trouble now. I, he, said, he said, I feel at home here. I feel at home, praise the Lord. I, we say, oh, oh, you, oh, you battling? Come up here and sing a solo for us. Okay. Come on now. If we bid you to do some great thing, you, all of a sudden you got all that energy. But we just say, why don't you just praise and worship? And is it? Come on, everybody, lift up your hand. Come on, stomp on the devil. But what, what, what we bring you up here in front of everybody. Did you see how high I jumped on church on Sunday? Was that cool? Because you're you're hidden. Uh, I better move on here. I bid you to do something great. I bid you to do something great. You got all. We ask you to walk over a molehill. You you tired? We say, come on and climb this mountain. Right, I've been waiting for you to ask me to get on the mountain. And so, in verse 14, reluctantly, verse 14, look what it says. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hold it there. Naaman did not obey the man of God. I thought I'd get that response. He goes to where the man of God tells him to go. But he doesn't do what the man of God said. The man of God said, go wash. And the Bible says he dipped. The prophet said, go wash. And the Bible says he reluctantly dipped. The Hebrew word wash literally means to bathe oneself. Dip means to just get in and get out. Get in the altar call, hurry up and get out. Get in, five, ten minutes, get out. But the prophet said, if you want your answer, you stay there until you get everything Watch this. And he dipped enough to get his miracle. 
but he didn't stay in the water long enough for his life to be changed. He dipped enough to get a blessing, but didn't stay in the water long enough for his heart to be transformed. How could you say that, Brother Jackson? Because the Bible says several verses later uh, that after he got healed, uh, he went back to the preacher, to the man of God. uh, And he said, forgive me uh, when I go back to my master. uh, And my master worships uh, in the house of a false god named Ramah. uh, And I hold his hand uh, and bow my knee to that false god with him. You're not hearing me. Uh, He dipped enough to get a miracle, uh, but he didn't stay in the water long enough to change masters and he walked away from church healed come on with the blessing but he did not have a heart transformation that can change as well And only a couple chapters later, the Israelites went to war with Syria. Guess who was leading the army? Got a blessing, got a touch. Got an answer, prayer. Stay in the altar 10 minutes. Then I'm gone. I don't know about that heart transformation stuff. Come in the halter. As soon as some, the person next to you stop praying, you start looking around ready to get out of here. That altar is for, you, you say, it's, it's for the new convert. For those, come on somebody. It's for those that are new. It's for those that don't know how to pray. Come on now. I don't care if you know how to pray. You need to learn how to linger until the next generation knows how to pray. Come on somebody. You're not hearing me yet. Can I tell you the times that my life has been changed uh, is when I've been the last person in the altar. Uh, it's when I put my face in the carpet. Uh, everybody else has gone to music wanes. Uh, but here I am staying there because uh, I need more than just a miracle. Uh, I need more than just a blessing. Uh, I want God to take the bitterness out of my heart. Uh, I want God to take the unforgiveness out of my heart. Uh, I want God to make me more like him. Uh, and I'll stay in this altar as long as I got to stay in this altar. I'm not in a rush. Come on, somebody. I don't care about my dinner schedule. I don't care about what I got to do tomorrow. What's more important is for me to stay there and linger until God works on me and I am never the same. We need a baptism of lingering in his presence. Come on now. I'm glad that you got a move of God, but where God has taken this church, this youth group, it's it's, it's bigger than a move of God. He needs people to stay in the move of God until the move of God gets in them. Just leave too early. All right, Holy Ghost blew up. All right, I'm out of here. Come on now. And yeah, you got a miracle. And yeah, you got a blessing. 
But there's still things that you're dealing with that only the Spirit can take care of. If you just stay in a little longer. How long would you stay in the altar for God to do in you everything he said he'd do in you? What's your time limit? 15 minutes? 30 minutes? And all of a sudden, if God doesn't operate in your time schedule, you say, I'm done. The apostles waited 10 days to receive power. Power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that they sat there. They lingered. Come on, they received the Holy Ghost sitting down. They said, I'm not moving until the power comes. And 380, come on, left before altar call was over. When the greatest transformation happened with the 120 that lingered a while. The disciples asked Jesus, who is the one that's going to betray you? He said, the one to whom I dip the sop. I'm going to summarize Judah's whole relationship with me. He dipped. And he dipped enough to do miracles. But didn't stay with me long enough to cultivate relationship. Like I, I'm used by God. Well, 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 Judas was used by God without relationship. I want to be that disciple that leaned on his bosom. That followed him to the cross. That stayed there until he knew he was buried. Come on, somebody. That chased after his presence. They could not escape the presence of God. Even when they dipped them into the burning oil. John, they exiled him on the Isle of Patmos. To try to get him to escape and lose out on the revelation that he had from Jesus. But while he was in the Isle of Patmos, he said, I was in the spirit. And I got a revelation now. Come on, somebody. I can get into the spirit everywhere, anywhere God wants me to get into. Because I've learned the art of lingering. I'm telling you, where God is wanting to take this church, it's going to take more than dipping. It's going to take you getting saturated. Because when the enemy tries to come and steal what happens in a revival or on a Sunday, you're, you're still soaked up with the presence of God. Won't allow doubt in. Because I believe what I believe. Because God said, no matter what my circumstances look like, he's with me and he's going to make a way. Everyone stand with me. Uh, I feel the presence of God in this place. I'll give you instruction in a moment, but I want everyone to come to the front. I want everyone to come to the front as close as you can. I'll give you instruction in a moment. And when you get here, I just want you to lift up your hands for a moment. I'll give you instruction in a moment, but I want you to come to the front as close as you can and lift up both of those hands. 
I give you instruction, but I just want you to ask God to saturate you tonight. Saturate me. That's it. Move in. There's room up here. There's room up here. Come on. That's it. Just lift up those hands as you come forward and ask God to saturate you. Saturate me, Lord. Saturate me, Lord. Saturate me, Lord. Saturate me. I've not come to dip tonight. I've not come to dip. I've come to linger. I've come to linger in your presence. I've come. I've come to channel my emotions to you. I've come. Come on, that's it. Just pray for a moment. Pray that God would saturate you here tonight. Pray that God would allow you to linger in his presence. I've not come to rush out tonight. I don't have a time limit tonight. I've come to stay here until God accomplishes what he wants to accomplish in my life. Come on, that's it. Talk to him. Talk to him for a moment. Talk to him for a moment. Ah. Everybody hear me. Everybody hear me for a moment. What I feel the Lord telling me to do. God is telling me that he is wanting to impart some things into this whole body. I can honestly tell you that I have never prayed 
a prayer of impartation. I follow the Holy Ghost, whatever God wants me to do. And sometimes that leads you into uncomfortable places. But I feel God speaking to me, saying that he is wanting to impart some things into you. He told Peter, after Peter proclaimed the revelation that thou art the Christ, he said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. He said, flesh and blood hath not revealed. The flesh cannot produce revelation. The flesh can inform, the flesh can educate, but it cannot produce spiritual revelation. So your next dimension is not in your next personal development book. It's not in your next entrepreneur class. And can I tell you, it's not even in your education. Your next dimension is in the spirit. Because the spirit will lead you where your mind don't even understand it all. He said, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him, but... God hath revealed it unto us by his spirit. Not flesh. Not background. The spirit. And the spirit is wanting to impart some things into you. He's wanting to give you a divine assurance of promises, of destinies, of callings, of anointing, of your future. But you've got to be willing to tap into it tonight. So I feel... Tonight to pray over you. I'm going to lose impartation. I'm going to lose the demonstration of God's spirit to do something in you tonight that stays with you. I admonish you not to rush out of here tonight. That while you're praying, that if your legs get tired, you just find a place to kneel. But don't run out of here. Because I'm telling you, God's about to impart something in you that's going to change and rock your world and rock this church. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith when I'm done shouting. I'm going to shout to the top of my lungs, hallelujah. Everyone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Folks, when I'm done praying and I shout hallelujah, I want every single person in here to shout to the top of your lungs, hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when you do that, if you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, you're going to feel yourself want to speak in something that you don't understand, just speak it out. Take a step of faith. If there have been questions, if there have been things happening in your mind, God's going to give you an assurance. I feel like God is going to do some miracles here tonight, but I feel even tomorrow night, I feel like there's going to be miracles tomorrow night. But I feel like this is the buildup for tomorrow night. This is where the launching pad for what God is going to do throughout this revival. Not only throughout this revival, throughout the rest of the month, throughout the rest of the month, the rest of the year, all next year. It's going to be predicated where God has taken this church is going to be predicated on how long you're willing to linger. Everyone lift up your hands with expectation. Can you see what God wants to do in you? Can you see what God is speaking to you? Can you see it?
Can you wait for it? Can you linger a while? When I shout hallelujah, I want you to shout it. By the authority that is in the word of God. And by the power that is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I release an impartation of your spirit into the fabric of this church and to every individual where they never question their destiny, they never question their calling. I ask you to seal some things in this atmosphere. Seal every prophecy that has been spoken over this church. Seal it to where they never question again. I release the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it, that's it. Lay your hands on the person next to you right now. Lay your hands on them and pray that God would saturate them. Pray that God would saturate them till they never doubt. Pray that God would saturate them until they never doubt that their children are coming home. Pray that God would saturate them until they never doubt their destiny again. Come on, lift up your voice and pray over them. Lift up. 